Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago and joining me here is Lynn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Uh, I guess. <laughs> you're not sure you're Glenn or you're not sure you're joining us? Uh, you know, both. Okay. Also joining us, theoretically, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA, Mission USA Productions. Definitely Jed. Definitely here. All right. Jed is not going existential on us this week. Nope. Which is good. Joining us via the magic of the interwebs. Mm. So is he here? Is he not? Only time will tell. Is he a bot? Absolutely. Lee Younger, one of the pastors of Crash Community <laughs> Church. I was under the impression that this podcast was going to be jumping because of the amount of caffeine in Glenn's tea. Well, I'm, it's it's hot tea, and I haven't cooled it off yet, but I'm blowing on it. <laughs> it is also pretty significant. Thank you. Thank you for cupping the mic for you to that. It's also, I, I'm not that close to Glenn's cup of tea, and I can definitely smell it from here. Okay. So it's, it's potent. It's strong tea. Absolutely. Before we get too far into the show this week, we want to give a Say That shout out. Woo! Woo! A Say That Medal of Commendation, if you will, <laughs> to the illustrious and still in our hearts, intern Leah. Whoa! For four years of excellent service That's right. at the bridge. She That's recently right. completed her tour of duty, graduated from Wheaton College, which is far more impressive than any institution that I've ever graduated from. That's right. And uh, moved back home, but we, we'll miss Leah. We we're very happy for the work she did. Shout out to Leah. That's right. We we were doing a thing at Wheaton, you and I were. Yep. And one... A bit of a scared straight situation. A very, a very the sweet... kids come be on a host team, and they send Glenn and I out there to shock them. Yeah, that's right. And we did it, too. And very sweet, very uh, wonderful, lovely young gal said, I listened to Say That Podcast. And we said, you're our kind of weirdo. And we signed her up. Four, four years of uh, hanging out. You give, and, the, you give the, the distinct impression we Shanghai people in these internships. That's a little true. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. Okay. I do remember the first. I think it was the first time Leah joined us at the bridge via. I think she we she was introduced to us via a former and forever in our hearts intern Grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I uh, said, so "Leah's a big fan of the podcast." And I was wondering, somebody thought came up with the idea of let's all get a picture. Yeah, and then Glenn did the thing he always does when a nice young person requests a picture with him, which is he insists on only making the creepiest faces possible. And yeah. when they do, as they all do, oh, that was really funny. Do you, can we do a regular one? He'll go, no. And just make the same face. <laughs> That's really totally true. I, ma- I made a face as if I was disturbed yeah. by someone who was accosting me and insisting my picture be taken with them. So. Yes. And so great was Leah's uh, love for the Lord and for the least of these that after that initial impression, she still came around for four yeah. years. That's right. That's right. Pretty darn impressive. Uh, so... I declare an emergency. Wow. wow. Okay. I feel like if he'd had more tea, that would have had more oomph to yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. The tea is not kicking in yet, y'all. <laughs> I'll let you know. It's the tea of lies <laughs> and false happen. promises. I mean, uh, th- this is no kidding. High caffeinated tea. <laughs> well, they claim. We've yet well, to see any evidence that that's to, true. We're about to find out. Everything else in the world is going low caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn is zagging when everyone else is zigging. Okay. It, that's emergency number one. Hello. Emergency number two. Uh, we got a, a note 
uh, uh, to the interwebs. Uh, it's a series of tubes. I've heard it that. It's certainly not. Okay, so, uh, and this came in from Miss Angela. And okay. She, she, there was a, there's one paragraph out of Miss Angela's... Uh, missive. Uh, missive that I, I thought we needed to digest here. And she says... Uh, she was. We were discussing um, uh, how we occasionally remark on Christian movies and not in an altogether positive light. I don't seem to recall anything, anything like, like that. that but well, okay. uh, you know, allegedly, uh, she she writes, "I do like some of the Christian movies. Don't hold it against me." Uh, multiple emojis. Multiple emojis. I don't really. I'm not fluent Glenn, in emojis. Hey, for those of you who aren't watching the video simulcast, which would be weird because we don't have one of those, Glenn did have to slide his reading glasses up his face and lean towards his phone to interpret said emojis. It looks like it looks like a face. <laughs> oh, right. good. Most of them do. There's an expression. It looks uh, sort of uh, like amusement, a ribe amusement. Oh, okay. I think it's a, a ribe amusement emoji. These That's things are getting good. specific. So let's take it from the top. That must be from the French emoji collection. Yes. Back to one. I do like some of the Christian movies. Don't hold it against me. Right. Sure. Right face. Right. Smiley face emoticon. But I also enjoy that that there are, I enjoy movies that are just happy-go-lucky and, well, a break from real life. And your guys take on... God's Not Dead 2 was great. So, what I took from that is that that this is that, that we have people who listen to this podcast who actually like Christian movies. Right. And then they listen to this podcast that they also like. Right. And we say, "Oh my gosh, this is awful." Yeah. And then they like that. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a lot going on there. Sure. How do you reconcile? Yeah, we're that? trying but, very hard not to be liked, and you people just aren't working with us. Well, and here's the here's the thing, though. In on a semi serious tip, we don't judge. If you like Absolutely Christian not. movies, sure. do what you got to do. With, hey, we don't listen to us on that. You do what you got to do. You like what you like. We're not listen, trying to ruin anyone's enjoyment of anything. I listen to music where grown men sound like the Cookie Monster. That's right. I'm not in a position to judge anyone's media preferences on anything. <laughs> we we <laughs> are right. first. First, I of all, recently bought tickets to a live professional wrestling show. As a grown person, <laughs> I won't be judging what anyone does with that, their free we time. Know, we clearly don't have that right. Nope. Okay. <laughs> but here's here's a list uh, in that vein. Let's list off some of the things that we don't judge. But maybe should. But wh- who knows? If yeah, we had right. the energy. Right. So I, I'm just going to start us off with one Please. and kick it around you guys. Yeah. Jump in there. Uh, maybe, you know, if you're the kind of person who likes Christian movies, etc., yeah. maybe you think communion wafers are bursting with flavor. <laughs> we don't judge that. To you, they're sure. bursting with flavor. Sure. This sure. is great stuff, y'all. Yeah, sure. You're t- like the people in the back haven't gotten theirs yet. Absolutely. And you're like, whoa, zing. Yeah. Zesty. Sure. Side Zesty. point, and we don't have time for it this week. Maybe we'll get it in a later show. I, I, I think Glenn is pitching that we create sriracha 
communion wafers. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think a lot of hipster churches are going to be down for that. Would it be wrong to have a little dipping sauce next to your... Not at all. You know, okay. Well, Zesty Ranch. We just reinvented communion. We disrupted all it is what we did. going mm. down. We totally disrupted. Well, well you've also got to have the, the gluten-free option. The, no right. doubt. Right. You know, all absolutely. the different frees. Whatever, whatever people have got to be free of, you got to have those communion options. But high That's caffeine. Right. Low fat, non-fat. Caffeinated communion wafer. Hello. Yes. It's Doing communion together. at the beginning of the service this week, folks. That's yeah. a really good call. But yeah. maybe maybe you like those old, old-fashioned, non-caffeinated communion wafers. That's cool. That's we cool. don't judge. We don't judge. You know what else we don't judge? A nice, crisp pair of Dockers. Yeah, so like if you're it. into Dockers... We don't judge people who are dockering. Not at okay. all. Not at all. It, maybe you're doing a Sansa belt. Maybe you're doing a, just a, a, a pair of khaki slacks. Sure. Maybe you're nice trying to... Nice relaxed fit. Yeah. At some point, you're saying, I feel like I need a rock, a pleated khaki. You yeah. know what? Yeah. I, we're not Tuck judging that. Tuck that solid color t-shirt right into it. Absolutely. That's right. That's a right. chino, we're, if you will. Yes. Yeah. You gotta have we're, a chino. We're not judging these things. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what we don't judge. You know, you put the you put the lyrics to the song up on the screen, and then right. behind the lyrics, you have the waterfall, yeah, sure. the, the wildflowers, yeah. Hey, we don't judge that. We just, don't a little judge anim- that. just a little subtle animation, just that, just that wildflower bending in the breeze a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think I, that's I, real, y'all. That that's is real absolutely stuff. real. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, and yep. I'm gonna I I will relate one. It's real. You t- I think it's pretty much like what the guys you were you were. What you guys are laying out here, and tell me if I'm missing the point here. Yeah. Here's the thing we don't judge murder. (laughs) (laughs) I take you to a real conversation that Jed Brewer has recounted to me of sitting down with a guy he's working with that Glenn had worked with for many years that, to, to my real question, opened this way. I mean, I've killed a lot of people. Right. That That was the opening of lunch. That is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I didn't judge that. Sure, no, you got to. I feel it's important that we establish a level here. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Then we, we also had one of my favorite non-judgmental moments at the bridge, where every week, every week we do our bridge service. We have uh, the men and women who are the services for the attendees, who a lot of whom come from residential drug rehab facilities, and then we'll have host teams. Yes. Uh, sometimes uh, a couple times a year, uh, Lee will bring up a great team from Triple C down there. They'll do that a lot. Of, most of the time it's just local churches from Chicago area, but um, we had one that was a, I think it was a celebrate recovery group okay they all like went to the same yeah. church they're mm-hmm. from a uh, celebrate recovery group and uh so they're, they're, one of the main important duties that the host team has is they greet people this is if you go to a suburban church here this is an odd and unfamiliar concept to you but some, when you come in someone says i am glad you have come to church today right this is a thing that believe it or not actually happens in inner city churches mm-hmm. than we do for the bridge so that's the host that's the host team's jobs they're out there this is why i like our friends at wheaton college are very good at this they're enthusiastic and they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed they're very welcoming of one of the our i think it was a young lady came in from one of our residential drug rehab facilities and the conversation went like this host team guy hi i'm john Lady, hi, I'm Mary. I'm in recovery for cocaine. <laughs> Host team guy, me too. <laughs> Handshake, and she just walks on in. Right. We don't judge. And when We're, you work no in that environment, yeah. you just can't even summon the, even if we wanted to judge. Right, yeah. We couldn't. No, it's it, it's not in our, uh, it's any inclination to, to judge has been burned to all. Yeah, of you, us. Just, you, can't, you can't, you gotta have a poker face when someone says, That's Oh, right. you know, I did, I did this thing with that. And say, Okay, sure. Right. That's certainly, 
elaborate. Now, having said that, seriously, don't watch Fireproof. No. That's rough. Because... Uh, well, because here's the thing, and yeah. I, I'll take it back to our friend Angela. I think she makes a good point. Um, there, This is something Glenn has noticed about uh, the fair that Hollywood puts out. Um, Holly Weird, yeah. I would call it. That's good. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of happy movies coming out nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah, your occasional Guardians of the Galaxy or whatnot that's right. light, but there's a lot of, you know, even you got... It, if you watch uh, Batman versus Superman, this should be things punching each other. There's a lot of just dreariness and parent yeah. murder yeah. Yeah. things going on yeah. here. So if you say, look, I like the Christian movies. They're light. Right. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a bit of goofy fun. Right. That makes sense to me. Fireproof is not that. No. That's Fireproof right. is not light or fun. So it has, I think it has failed in its Christian moviedom there. Well, and if you want something that's that's light... And fun and enjoyable, you can go watch professional wrestling. Yes, Absolutely. you can. There's good and evil. That's right. Sure. You know, struggle. El Santo. It's right. It's not a real thin veneer of uh, impressionism on now, top of this. If you're talking about El Santo, we're going to get serious. Mm. Now, people at home that don't have access to the Google machine may not know who El Santo is. But he is the king of all luchadors. Yes, sir. I will. I will. I will. As we re- as we round down the segment, proving things we don't judge, I will break down El Santo, and our, my colleagues on the podcast here can verify that I am not uh, going to my information phone. Yes. to get any of this. That's right. So it's Lucha Libre, professional wrestling in Mexico. Mm-hmm. El Santo, the fifties, sixties, seventies was the dude. That's right. He was he was Hulk Hogan times ten. Yes. with El Santo. And to the point where he would star in Mexican movies yep. wearing a suit yep. and his luchador mask. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and no one mentioned it. He was not seen as weird. He was El Santo. This is just what he looks like. And fight and crime. Absolutely. <laughs> and occasionally, uh, 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 werewolf wolves, people. It's totally. Uh, vampire women. Yep. And, uh, 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 you know... Uh, Outer space aliens. Yes, we don't judge a, any of that. In a powder blue suit, with a silver luchador mask. Yeah, this right. is this is uh, now that's entertaining. That Absolutely, is. and if anybody wants to make El Santo the movie, you've just sold four tickets right here. Yep, that's right. That's no that, that that now you have yourself a Christian movie. No doubt. <laughs> that's that's what his name means is the saint. So yep. there you have Boom. it. Boom, done and done. Done that. So I think we've helped a lot of people. I think we have. Uh, if you like communion wafers and you think nothing tastes better than this to me, well, yeah, that's you're that you know we're letting that go. Sounds great. Sure. You do you. Right. Hey, when we make sriracha communion wafers, we're still going to make plain. Sure, that's right. You got to give people the options. No doubt. Some people, we, the, you know, it's like takes all kinds to make the world in different parts of the body, and some people are weirdos. Sure, sure. So Absolutely. that's the. Uh, that's that's our motto. Yeah, absolutely. On that basis, and because Matt is staring at me <laughs> in a very mean way, <laughs> I think we're emergency off. <laughs> it's been a minute since we let Glenn uh, chair one of the emergency sessions there. <laughs> the caffeine's kicking in. He's got a lot on his mind, folks. I can't. I can't stop myself. <laughs> I can't stop. He's on a roll. Yeah. I will gentlemen. say when I first met Glenn so many years ago, one of the one of the phrases that stuck out to me was you were telling the Sputnik story, and the the yeah. phrase that stuck out was "Let your freak flag fly." 
Right. Yeah. That's that how we do. Definitely, definitely a guiding maxim around these parts. Now, obviously, we're going to get started on Sriracha Communion Wafers, and we're going to get started on La Vida Del Santo, right. the blockbuster Christian movie that's coming. Uh, he's going to wrestle sin. Yes. That's right. It's going to be... <laughs> he's going to give sin a hurricane rana and yeah. defeat it. That's exactly right. It's going to get intense. And obviously, we're going to need your support to do that. Um, totally. But for now, we're just going to keep hiring part-time employees to uh, help out at our bridge service, help people get jobs and housing, get them connected with churches, all sorts of good stuff. And that, of course, is all paid for by our bridge box subscribers to whom we are incredibly thankful. If you want to get on board, like recently we've had some friends from Brooklyn, mm. some friends from Malaysia, Ooh. all around the world. It's spreading like wire, wildfire, y'all. Quite. People getting on board with the bridge box. If you want to sign up, you can do so at missionusa.com slash bridge box. If you go to that website, even if you're not ready to sign up quite yet, you can get some free downloadable goodies to get a sense of the flavor so missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We're going to jump to our questions this week. This week, we're doing things a little differently. Um, as is as often happens this time of year, folks are doing uh, college finals, and it's nice out and whatnot. L- the questions are coming a little slow. But we had a very interesting question came, come in that I thought was, was good enough. I wanted to break it down into a number of points. We'll talk about that. So the question that came into the, the blog inbox where we answered it, the bridgechicago.tumblr.com, was someone saying, uh, basically, when is it too early to go over to my significant other's house? Okay. I said, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've fallen into sexual temptation before people, and I don't want to do that, right? So is there a sweet spot of, you know, wait this long, but don't wait this long, because it's weird. So and when I was answering that question, I said, I think our, the friend, my friend who wrote that in was exactly on the right track of strategizing their way through temptation, but I thought they, they had missed something with the idea of, if I wait this long, I will not be tempted anymore. So you you can read the whole blog post answering that specific question at the Bridge uh, Tumblr, but I wanted to look at this idea of temptation and how it actually works and how we actually resist it. Because I think of all the things that Christian culture is uh, a little weird about that you don't really hear sermons on or maybe you hear bad advice on, this is right up there. The idea of just, you'll either hear just gut it out or something like this of make sure you are so strong that you cannot be tempted, and that's the goal of a Christian mm, life. Mm. And I really, those things are kind of missing the mark. Some of them have some merit one way or the other, but we're going to look at three aspects of temptation this week. And as we walk through those, I think no matter where you are in life, what point you are in your walk, there's going to be a lot of good stuff in this advice for you. So Lee, I'd love to start off with you, and we'll look at the, the first aspect of this, which is how does temptation actually work? And what does the Bible actually say about it? I think it's a good place to start. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we should say right off the top that the Bible does say about temptation is that Jesus was tempted. And yes. that's something that we need to point out because... Now, Lee, was he tempted in a few ways? In some ways? He was ways? tempted in every way. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Is what the Bible specifically says. So if you... Uh, because as just as Matt's saying, this is one of those. this is one of those things that that you can hear some really wonky stuff, uh, one of those subjects you can hear some really off stuff about. And one of the things that people will will sometimes feel is, if I'm being tempted to sin, that means I'm bad. Mm. And that means I'm already, you know, I'm already off the rails. Well, it's a very comforting and a very good thing to know that the Bible explicitly, specifically says that Jesus was tempted in every way, mm. and yet did not sin. So we see from the scriptures, number one, we have someone in Jesus who can sympathize with what we're going through. Two, 
we see that there is a very clear line in the scripture between temptation and sin. They are not co-equal. They are not the same thing. To be tempted is not to sin. Um, that's a really important thing. Uh, one thing that I'd love to just kind of read it, there's a there's a, a couple of verses in the book of James in chapter one that talk specifically about what Matt's asking. How does how does temptation work? And James uses a really interesting metaphor that I think really gets at the heart of the way temptation feels. And that is, he says this. He says, uh, he says that each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after, which by the way, the word evil is not actually in the Greek, it's just the word desire. Um, the, the translators have added that, that's kind of an interpretive translation, but each one is tempted when by his own desire he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's a really interesting metaphor. It's a really interesting way to talk about the way temptation feels. And, and, and I specifically want to talk about the way temptation feels, because I think for a lot of us, the, the metaphor of talking about conception and birth, that is exactly the way this whole thing feels. Like, there's something that I want to do. There's something that, um, that seems like a good idea. In other words, I'm going through something that is unpleasant or doesn't feel good. I'm going to medicate that feeling with something else. There's something else that I want that seems like it's going to make me happy. It seems like it's a good idea. It seems like it's going to alleviate this bad feeling I have right here. And as soon as I feel that way, what my feelings tell me is that's the only way in the world to feel better. And mm -hmm. guess what? Mm. It's inevitable. It's happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love James's picture of the idea of conception and birth. It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, there's a there's a weird statement somebody will say when they're when when they get pregnant where they're like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, somebody's far along in their pregnancy. I'm real pregnant." Well, pregnancy is binary. You are or you're not. And then there's this inevitable birth. It's it's this is where this is going. And temptation feels that way. As soon as I feel a temptation, the feeling inside my inside my heart, inside my mind is it's over. It's gone. It's going to happen. Um, and that's an important thing to know about temptation. One thing that that all the guys on this show the, that we all have in common is we've all done, uh, uh, and some of us, you know, these other guys a whole lot more than I have, but we've all done work with folks behind bars. And we've all done work with folks who have had a history of addiction. And um, I was in a conversation with some guys in a, in a, in a, uh, you know, a, a jail chapel service one time. And we were talking about, you know, when you get out, how do you face the temptation to use again? And one of the, one of the things that we were talking about was exactly this deal, where it feels like as soon as I'm tempted, it's over. I'm done. I've, I've already done it. I might as well just go through the whole thing. And one of the things that we talked about was, we, I started asking him questions. All right, like, so you, you feel that desire to do that thing. What's the next thing you have to do? Well, I've got to make a plan. I got to find somebody that has what I need and I got to meet up with them. Okay, well then I've got to get my hands on some money. I've got to so I've got to take that from somebody. I got to get myself somewhere where I can find the money and take that. And then I got to meet this person. What we found out was there were like between 8 and 15 steps between that first feeling and actually taking the the substance that we were talking about, which is when you break it down, you realize there's such a huge difference between this feeling, which feels inevitable, 
and then doing the thing, which is the actual sin. And if we know that, that is such a different place to be, you know, mentally and emotionally, that if I feel enticed to do something, I haven't done it yet. That's a humongously good thing to know. It feels inevitable. It feels like something has been born in me that is going to lead to, to this other thing. That's the way it feels, but it's not true. There are so many steps between this and that, and you can stop at any point. There's a, uh, there's a great song that Jed wrote for the folks at the bridge one time where he talks about this very thing. He says, just because I've made a certain number of mistakes doesn't mean I have to make 10 more. Mm. Um, e- even, if I, even if I've done something wrong in the process of chasing down a certain temptation, I can stop at any point. And I don't have to go any further. That's something that we don't know about temptation all the time. But I love this picture that James gives us because that is the way it feels. And it's good for us to know that this is the way sin works in us. It gives us a feeling of something that isn't true. And if we know it, we're equipped to face it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the right foot, I think, to start us off on. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to... Uh kind of pick us up there. And another aspect of this uh, part of James that Lee is talking about, actually right before he picked it up in verse 14 says, um, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And I think that challenges, it folds right into what Lee's saying, but it folds this idea of people when they say, well, you know, God's just tempting you so you can, temptation is just a way to get stronger mm. in your walk. So if you mm. resist more temptation, you know you're stronger. That's not really the way this works, is it? It really isn't. And I think uh, there's a process of, I suppose, it, if you really uh, play back what Lee is saying there, there the, we don't understand well where God is in the process mm. of temptation. Uh, in other words, what is he judging us at some point? Is he rejecting us at some point? Is he understanding of our desire to do this thing? Does he Is he condemning us because we want it, as, as Lee is pointing it out? I don't think we understand where he stands in all that. And I think, yes, it, uh, the first thing is to recognize he is not putting that temptation on us. He's not saying, uh, here's a wrong thing, what do you think? That's not, <laughs> that's not, he's not in that role. But it's important to recognize that because I think when, when I look at myself, if I'm going to point the finger at myself, and the temptation that I have fallen into, it's here's a, here's a tough circumstance, here's another tough circumstance, here's a thing, and now I'm overwhelmed and I'm at my wow. limits. Yeah. And then there's a point where I say, I think I have a pretty good excuse here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell myself a story. Well, considering X, Y, and Z, I think I've got just cause to do this thing that I know is wrong. Just this one time, mm-hmm. because no one's looking, and I need I've a little had a something hard for, day, darn it. Yeah, that kind of thing. It, there's an excuse yep. element that. Uh, it's a, step one of finding temptation is recognize there is no excuse. There is no out. There is no uh, uh, thing where all bets are off. Uh, there's uh, the the Bible says uh, that that God doesn't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can be, bear, and He's always giving us a way out. And so it's about looking for that way out. Mm. Now we can use everything I just said to beat up on people and mm-hmm. say you don't have no excuses, so you should just you know here. You know, yeah. But 
if you if you understand God's point of view on that, he's saying there is a way out of this thing where you aren't falling into this temptation. You aren't making things worse by trying to make them better. Take the way that I'm offering and things actually will be better. The second thing to point out is you're only tempted with things you already want. It's really important to recognize that uh, uh, that that these are desires that you already have. So again, as Lee is pointing out, if you're feeling like judging yourself that you have those desires, the very act of being tempted makes you feel as though mm-hmm. you're there. It's right. it's pointing out that those desires were there all along. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you the Bible says you have a sin nature. It's natural for you to have those desires. Uh, it's overcoming them in a supernatural way that makes us uh, 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 Christians. It's what allows us to have that communion with God where he strengthens us to overcome that nature that we have. So uh, it's about recognizing I have these desires and they're natural and everybody else has them and God isn't condemning me for that. He's given me a way out and he's given me the strength to take it. The final quick thing is, uh, and this is super important, maybe... uh, Jed can elaborate on this. Over and over again, we see uh, if if the devil's attack on you is working, he's going to keep doing that thing until it doesn't work. He's not going to try something else. He's not that creative. This is working. (laughs) We're just going to keep doing it. Um, uh, And we find this even on the ministry level, that when we have a problem in our ministry where where we have to sit down and plan it out, and say, okay, here's our response to this problem. Roughly 99.9% of the time, that problem goes away. Before that plan is executed. Before that plan is executed, because we, we, we took the step of saying, we're not going to fall into a frustration and a distraction off of this. We're going to be proactive, mm-hmm. and we're going to be prepared. Well, then the devil's going to try something else, mm-hmm. because that's not working anymore. Glenn, I'll decide what things we want to throw to Jed to expound oh, upon. My, my, my apologies. Gosh. My apologies. Jed, I think that's a very good point for you to expound upon. I think it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Uh, that idea of, um, again, another misconception that Glenn is pointing to there that we have about temptation is this idea of, I'm just walking down the road, sure. just whistling a hymn. Sure, absolutely. Trying to live a life. I was thinking about <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and then all mm. of a sudden, I see a thing that tempts me. Yes. And, and it's, you know, it's it's an off-track betting slash strip, strip club. Huh. How did they not think of this before? Right. I've never thought about gambling or naked ladies, but right. it's a very enticing sign. Right. Maybe I'll go and do some research just so right. I know what the people That's are into. Right. Yes. Now I'll just make sure no one else from church is in here and see what's <laughs> going on. But this idea of temptation is the devil does not tempt you with things you never thought to want. Yep. It's a little more insidious, right, in that it is these kind of things that are already working on you or where, where, where we need to look out, right? Absolutely. Glenn said it. It's true. If it's working, it's going to continue. The thing that we want to look at is why is it working? Right. What's yeah. the mechanism right. that's allowing it to work? I think, here, I, here's what I know. The devil is a con man. Mm-hmm. The, the thing you need to know about him is he's a salesman. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he does. You are being sold long before you think you're being sold. You're being tempted. The, the setup for the temptation is happening long before you detect it, long before you think it is. And I can prove it to you. Um, Glenn said, and it's true, that you are tempted with what you already want. 
You know, I mean, the devil's not going to tempt you towards cannibalism because right. uh, okay. uh, you don't want that. So, I mean, it's but it's worth actually taking a moment and looking at that. We have an idea of the devil. He wants you to do the most awful sin, the worst thing, and therefore what could be worse than cannibalism? Surely that's what he would go right. for. No, 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 no. The devil wants you to not live out the life God has for you. That's right. That's his goal. He wants you to not live out your calling and your identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. Whatever gets that done is fine. That's right. It doesn't make any difference to him as long as you're not on God's plan for your life. That's right. The specific sin is not at all the point. Makes no difference. So here's what good con men do. They find something you already want. They find something you're already inclined to do. They find something you basically already believe, and they just give you a little nudge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So small that if they're good at it, you don't know you're being nudged. That's right. You'd never notice it. And what most of the time temptation is, is just a steady supply of nudges. Right. Just right. over and over That's and right. over again. Little small steps in the wrong direction. Exactly right. Because, you know, if you, if, if you ignore this nudge, you won't ignore the next one. That's right. I, I got a whole book of them, so mm-hmm. I, can, I can just keep going. Part of what we're describing there, and a lot of what gets people into trouble, is what we would refer to as blind spots. Mm -hmm. Things in their life that they either are not willing to look at, or that they just don't know are there. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew a guy who was a ministry professional some years ago, but who had, I believe in a sermon, actually, pretty boldly proclaimed, I mean, I can't even imagine wanting to cheat on your wife. I, I can't even I can't even relate uh, to that idea. Yeah. Mm. You don't need me to tell you the rest of the story. Right. right. right, right, right. Set but, your watch by it. Yeah. Here's the thing is anything that you're not willing to look at, that you're not willing to consider, mm-hmm. that's probably the thing the devil's trying to blindside you with, like yeah. right now. But I want to be clear that that is yes. Wrong stuff you want to do, but that's just as much attitudes that you hold, mm-hmm. beliefs that you hold. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you basically believe that you're a worm, that that's, mm-hmm. you know, God is good, but you're just this disgusting little toad of a human being. If you mm-hmm. basically already believe that, here's the key thing. If you give into that, you won't do anything God has for you. That's right. You, you will that's not right. join in the work of the king. Yeah, it's, it's, it's when it's tied to identity, a belief that's tied to identity, man, that's, a, yeah, yeah. So all he's got to do is just nudge you towards hating yourself. That's it. Problem solved. And here's the key thing is you think he wants you to look at porn. No, he doesn't. He wants the hatred that you have for yourself after you've looked at porn. Say that. He doesn't doesn't care what gets you to the hatred. This is just an easy thing that'll get you there. That's right. But again, it's not just stuff that you want. It's attitudes you hold. It's things that you believe, particularly things that you believe about yourself. It's the unexamined desires and beliefs and assumptions in your life that he's going to play off of to mess with you. And the thing to know is a moment where you're like, wow, I'm really being tempted. You were set up on this a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you can note, cause the devil's subtle, he's good at his job. If you notice that you're actively being tempted, baby, you were set up for this a long ways back. You mm. missed a dozen, a dozen moves. And th- I, to be clear, I know that because he's done it to me again mm, and again and again. Absolutely right. That takes us exactly back to where Lee started us with the idea of, I just have no idea how I got back here. Well, let's map it out. There yeah. were 15 distinct steps where you made kind of an A or B decision and went this way. I think that gives us a very good place to start off in the idea of what temptation actually is. So now we can look at how do we avoid it? 
now that we know what it is. So there's two kind of aspects to this. I'd love to get all these guys. We'll, we'll cover it between the three of them. So there's, uh, there's parts in the Bible where uh, it tells us to resist temptation. Um, Second Timothy, uh, I'm sorry, that again in James in chapter four, uh, very famously says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then there's things like in 2 Timothy 2, 22, where it says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. So there's kind of, the Bible talks about temptation in a couple of terms. One is stand your ground and resist. And the other is bravely run away away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Glenn, let's, let's get to start out with that of, right. is, is, are there, how do we know the times where we need to employ either one of those strategies? When is, when do we hold pad and when do we just get out? Well, uh, Early on, when you're when you're beginning to break a cycle or a pattern, or you know, trying to get you know establish a more consistent pattern of, of not doing these negative things, uh, don't play with it. Yeah, earlier, earlier and harder is better. That's absolutely right. Uh, it's it's there's such a temptation. I don't know why this is or or what it is about our brains to say, I if I can't do the thing. I'd just like to be near where it's happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would just like to 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 smell other people smoking weed, you know, that would be just it's just, such a pleasant aroma. If yeah, yeah. If I could just be uh if I could just be near where the evil is happening, then that would be uh, something, you know. That's playing with it. You're you you're 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 setting yourself up for a fall. Uh, it, that can be taken to an extreme, of course, where you uh, almost superstitiously believe that you are fighting temptation by eliminating all possible sources of temptation. Yeah. When Jed points out, you want it. It's already yeah. within you. So let's be honest here. You know, this is what's going on. But given that, it makes sense that I don't do anything to make it harder on me to fight that temptation. So don't play with it. Don't dabble with it. Don't don't. If, if you know that something's going to be happening at that party, don't go to that party. That's, That's simple right. as that. Find something else fun to do. Um, here's a, another thing about temptation I think people don't understand. I think people have a sense of, I have a certain amount of character, woo, and that character allows me to fight off temptation sure. whenever uh, it comes. All sorts of grit and gumption. It's like uh, Captain America has a... Shield. Ding, ding. Yeah, it's just like that. And it just ping pong patong, you know, so it's like that's me sure. fighting off temptation. Absolutely. That's not how it works. Oh well, that's disappointing. Can the, I still carry a shield? Uh if you the want the shield okay. of faith. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um if it's made of adamantium, I guess, you know. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying is if you have think of it like think of it almost numerically. It's a weird way to think sure. of it, but think of it numerically. That you have X amount of temptation that you can withstand. Mm-hmm. Now that number goes up or down. Yes, based on you know uh, how much am I in fellowship with other Christians? How much am I reading my Word? You know, having a good uh, how much sleep time. have I had? But it's also sleep. It's also <laughs> stress. It's Calories. also all yeah. of that. You know, all of those things contribute to that. It can make that number go up or down that I can withstand. Here's what you need to know. If you res- if you have enough temptation in your life, some of which you may have dealt into your life, mm-hmm. if the temptation gets above that number, you're backsliding, that's it. Yep. So the thing is to be aware how close is the level of temptation to the limit that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's knowing yourself and understanding that. 
and recognizing when I get close to that limit, not only am I not playing with it, as as, as Matt is saying, it's time to flee. Mm-hmm. Flee the situation because I am near my limits. You have to know where those limitations are. Uh, last thing, and man, do I want to go off on this. I need to put the, the juicy ones first. Don't do this. I'm delivered. No. Thing. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of backslide bags yeah. right there. You Well, and let's unpack that real, real yeah. quick. I'll, I'll give you the setup, and you can keep into that. Yeah. For people who aren't familiar with this kind of terminology, this happens a lot in certain types of churches and certain types of communities where particularly, and we, we get it with people who have, are uh, working through an addiction, mm-hmm. there is the thing that works, which is uh, when you, if you go to meetings and your identifier is, I am an alcoholic or addict or whatever, and I have to work very hard to get from the beginning of the day to the end of the day without giving into this addiction. Mm-hmm. Then there's people for whom that's not quite Christian enough. Nope. And they say, I'm not an addict anymore. I've been delivered. Right. And then, years later, Glenn gets a letter from them when they're downstate (laughs) after having fallen back into addiction. That's right. Essentially, uh, and and this is not a biblical idea, this I'm delivered from temptation. That's not in the Bible. uh, Paul literally says the exact opposite thing in the Bible. (laughs) I I am tempted. I am the worst of sinners. Present tense, you know. Uh, he's he's saying, I have these struggles, I have these temptations, this is a daily part of my life, and I struggle with those things. Paul did not achieve a level of spirituality where he was no longer in a position of being tempted. Absolutely right, and where uh, Lee started us off in the first question, uh, Jesus was tempted, right. not right. just the one time, <laughs> right. a lot, in every way, yeah. right until the end. But, if Jesus wasn't Christian enough to never be tempted, how are you? Well, and that's the thing, is... If you say because this is an ego thing, yeah, mm-hmm. I have, I have, achieved, I am disappointed in myself that I did this sin yep. so much yep. that wow. I can't live with it. Yeah, okay. and then I say I'm delivered. Yeah, and I declare that it's over now. That mm-hmm. I am so strong and so powerful that I've overcome this, and I'll never fall prey to it again. You're setting yourself up, of course. This is exactly the, what the enemy wants. He mm-hmm. wants your ego to be crushed. Mm-hmm. Then he wants your pride to be built up. Mm-hmm. And then you fall off again, and now you're back down to crushed ego. Humility never happens. We pass it going the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's you know, ego, you know, pride, you know, the, the humiliation. The, you know, I'm the best and delivered and so <laughs> sanctified. It's just up and down, up and down. But there's never steady growth. There's yeah. never that, because you have to get a hold of that humility. I want it, and I'm tempted by it, but I'm walking with the Lord, and he's keeping me strong. That's really great stuff. Lee, jump in there. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think when Glenn was going through there, I, I think he rocketed, and saying some awesome stuff, rocketed past this one thing that I think if people could get a hold of this, and if you could just get comfortable with the idea of it, it would change the whole scope of this problem, which is, he said, you know, because of the ego thing, I'm so disappointed that I sinned. Well, how is that Christian hmm. mm-hmm. in any way? Thank you. If if your if your idea is, I just want to zoom in on that piece of it because that was such an awesome thing. That if people's idea was, um, yeah, I, I blew it. I, I had a terrible day. I went off on this person. I did this thing. I did that thing. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> the way I acted makes perfect sense. I, you know, I'm not. I'm I'm not proud of it. I'm not I'm not happy about it, but I know the Lord understands. I know my position in in Christ and everything. I'm I'm keeping this thing humble as Glenn saying. 
Well, if if you have that kind of an attitude about it, then that is a totally different way. I just love for you to kind of zoom in on that piece of it because it was such a cool part, and I, I think it's so opposite of the way that we look at how we're supposed to live out our life. We're so afraid of sin, where you know, from the Lord's perspective, He already knew about all of it, and it doesn't. It's it's not like a, a, a disappointment or a surprise or anything like that to Him. He knows about all the whole thing. It, it makes perfect sense, right? Absolutely. I think absolutely. that makes a ton of sense. And Jed, I'd love to get you to pick us up there and this idea of exactly what Glenn is pointing to there. If, if you if you go with the self-hatred angle, you're going to miss it. If you go with the ego angle, you're going to miss it. One of the things I wonder if we have a hard time with resisting temptation in an effective way, because that starts with, as uh, they would put it in AA, a sober uh, assessment yes. of yourself. Lee mentioned that verse uh, in our last episode, I believe, of knowing, I want this thing real bad. Yep. And here's my temptation level I can resist on it, which yep. may be relatively low, and then acting accordingly. We resist that, and I wonder if that's where we set ourselves up for failure. I think it is. Lee said in our last episode, and very rightly, that humility means having an accurate sense of yourself. That's, that's what it is to be humble. And Glenn has noted that the, if you want a breakthrough in fighting temptation, the breakthrough you're looking for is humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's completely true. If you look at it in an almost military standpoint, or from an almost military standpoint, uh, someone that, that leads a military unit is aware, here are the areas where we're strong, here are the areas where we're vulnerable. If, you know, if they bring in a helicopter gunship, we are messed up. We right. need to get somewhere where there is cover and hide. Right. You know, right. if they send up, you know, uh, three guys with billy clubs after us, we can definitely win. Because right, we right. are five guys with billy clubs. Exactly right. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I know what we can take down. I know what we can't take down. Um, a sense of bravado would be, I mean, a, a tragic thing to have right, if you were right. a military commander. I can defeat anyone. Right, right, uh, right, probably right. not. Right. Um, th- this would be a thing. The thing about humility, the thing about having a sober sense of yourself is knowing not just that you are weak, because you are, everybody is, but more importantly, knowing where you're weak. Okay. This, mm-hmm. this matters. In other words, if you're not um, a person that has experienced alcoholism, then going and hanging out at a bar with a buddy is probably not a particularly big deal for you. I mean, mm-hmm. it depends on the kind of bar and, you know, besides and so forth. But in general, this is probably not a thing. If you are a person who's dealing with alcoholism, this is a huge problem for you and is mm-hmm. something that you should super duper not do. Everyone has areas of relative strength. Everyone has areas of relative weakness. If you have a sense of what those look like for you, if you can be honest with yourself about what those are for you, then you can plan accordingly. I'll give you an example in my own life. Actually, Matt and I were talking about this the other day. Um, I, I am known, and I think somewhat rightly so, for being a, a pretty self-controlled person, doesn't pop off on things, doesn't lose his temper at people, um, despite having <laughs> plenty of reason to in moments. And that is true empirically. That, that generally is true. Here's the reason for it. I know myself, if I reach a certain point, I will lose my temper in a way that I will not be able to get back in the bottle. Right, right. Um, therefore, I have moments where I walk away. Mm-hmm. I have moments where I say, I'm, I'm done here. I'm Sometimes, quite literally, walk away. Yeah, I'm not joking. I, I, right. I've had moments, yeah. literally, I've just stood up and just left the room. Yeah. Because if I, if I don't, 
we will have a problem. Right. Well, the funny thing about that is the net result of that is, appears to be great strength. It appears this right. is a guy that never loses his temper and is, you know, golly gee, isn't that neat? But it comes from recognizing where I'm weak. It right, comes from right. recognizing if I let this get pushed past this point, mm-hmm. I will not be able to control this. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is time for me to flee the scene. Here's the one other thing that humility lets us do is it lets us be aware of how suggestible we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really critical that we that we look at. We all want to think of ourselves as free thinkers. You know, uh, you know the guys that we work with, it's important. They will say out loud, I mean, I make up my own mind. You know, nobody tells me what to think. I, you know, I, I think for myself, no, you don't. No one does. Nobody does. You are the product of the infinite marketing campaigns that are, that you are being inundated with all day, every right. day. Mm-hmm. Um, the best of intentions don't get you anything. If you get in a situation where you are, where they're saying, do it, do it, do <laughs> it, do yeah. it. Eventually you will do it. If you're on a diet and you need a cup of coffee and you keep going to Dunkin' Donuts to get that cup of coffee. Everything is screaming at you, buy a donut while you're here. Do it, do it. You are suggestible. You know, right, there, right, there right. is no such thing. That one's got strawberry filling. That's a fruit. <laughs> That's right. There, there is no such thing as, I've just made up my mind and I put my foot down and now nothing can dissuade me from that. Of course, things can dissuade you from that. Right, right, that's right. that's the nature of advertising and marketing. But again, when we recognize that we have areas where we are weak, when we recognize that we are suggestible, that means we can plan accordingly that's and right. make decisions, strategic decisions that wind up being a cumulative form of strength because we mm-hmm. keep not getting knocked off our square. I think that's really a fantastic way to look at that. And Leah, I'd love to get you to close out here with one uh, more aspect of this, and that's the aspect of timing. As we, yeah. When we work with uh, folks who are coming out of a hard time, who are uh, kind of coming out of really being eroding themselves where they really can't resist uh, many kinds of temptations, one of the things that uh, these guys will say to them is, if it's a good idea today, it will be a good idea tomorrow. This idea of, I got I to gotta do it right now, it's got to be yes or no right now, that is not a smart mindset. So how do we use that in the way of taking a deep breath and using our timing to not give in to bad ideas? That's an awesome question. I think one of the, I think this gets us back to the difference between the way things feel and the way things are. Um, and that's, to me, that's a huge part of the game of temptation is how does something feel right now versus what is the truth of the thing? Because the way it feels when you're in the middle of a temptation is the only way I can physically get through this situation is to do X. Mm-hmm. Whether that's to Jed's last point, like to, tell this person exactly the way that I feel about them or let these jealous emotions just burst into, um, you know, a bunch of catty talk or whatever, whatever the, whatever X would be, whatever your temptation would be. The only way that I can feel better is that right now I have to whatever fill in the blank. And the thing is, is when, when you're in the middle of the temptation like that, it feels like you're on a clock. And not only is that the only option, but it has to happen now. Mm-hmm. And if you know that about temptation, one of the things that, you know, like if you take in all the things that these brothers have been saying this whole episode, you know that you're being conned. You know that you've been in the middle of being suggested for much longer than you've been aware of. You know that subtlety is the name of the game until you've hit a breaking point where, to use Glenn's word, 
you're now overwhelmed. If you know that all of that is happening to you, then you can know that at the at the breaking point when the when X, you know, whatever, whatever, however you would fill in that blank, when that finally occurs to you, and that is the thing on the table, it's the only thing that can make me feel good, and it has to happen right now. Then if I know that about myself and I can weather that wave, if I can weather that wave, if I can, if I can get some help in that moment, if I can have an alternative strategy for that feeling then chances are good. I am way going to be fine. I'm going to make it through this thing. Whether that's a phone, you know, phoning a friend or meet me at the, you know, at McDonald's or can you give me a ride somewhere or, or just talking to somebody or, you know, or just some kind of alternative strategy, whatever that thing would be. But here's the deal about this. And this is, this is a weird deal is that we only know that by learning it after we've messed up mm-hmm. and we have the courage to go to the Lord or to talk to some friends and find out what happened to me and how can I do that differently next time. But that takes all kinds of humility and honesty and vulnerability, not only in prayer, but with with friends that we trust and stuff like that, so that we can find out how do I weather that wave, that wave in the moment when I feel like I'm on the clock, if I can get through that moment, if I can buy more time, as these guys are saying, if it's still a good idea, it'll be a good idea tomorrow, or it'll be a good idea two hours from now or whatever, because all of this thing is a play on your emotions. It's all about your thinking and your feeling and the difference between the way it feels and the way it is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is excellent stuff, and it takes me directly to where we want to go with our uh, last aspect of temptation here, which is the ever-important question, uh, how do you get back on track when you screw up and give in to temptation? Because as we pointed out, you will. It'll be some kind of temptation, you will give it to it to some degree, and this is an ever-kind-of-refining process. So, Jed, how do we start off with that? Well, let's start off semi-meta. You have to want to get back on track. Yeah. Um, and, and that's actually really important. That's not a given. Um, Mm -hmm. the, if you've done like a big sin, you are currently facing a new temptation, which is to wallow. Yeah. Yeah. And to just sit there and just think about how awful you are. Have you, do you feel like you've investigated all of the ways in which you're awful? Well, I feel crushed by the the weight of my iniquity, but I feel like I'm not done being crushed. You could be a little more crushed. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm meek, but I could probably stand to be meeker. Well, see, this is the thing. I think you have some more self-loathing to do, more reps, mm. really mm. get in there, yeah. blast your quads. Yeah. Um, we we start by deciding, okay, I'm going to get back up and give this thing another whirl. I'm not going to just sit here in defeat. I'm not going to sit here in self-loathing. And that again, that's not a given because, to be crystal clear, if you've committed what whatever to you is a big sin, if you've committed that recently— the temptation on you right now is wallowing. So right, right. step one is we're not going to do the wallowing. Step two is to look full in the face what went wrong. Right. right. Don't hide from it. That's yep. the next temptation yep. is yep. try and pretend it didn't happen and don't think about it. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what the devil knows. If you look at it, you'll learn something. You'll figure <laughs> out how he played you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I want to take it all the way back to the question of the spiral. This, you know, went over to my girlfriend's house. Everything was great. Around one in the morning, I felt like I was starting to run out of juice on the self-control meter and then mm-hmm. stuff happened. That I wish didn't happen. Hmm. What could we have done differently? <laughs> That's right. 
perhaps if I had left before 1 a.m. Yeah, no, better. I think the problem is that I'm just a degenerate who yeah. can't be trusted around relationships and just go yeah. live in a yurt. Yeah. yeah, no, that's it. That's it. You got it. Yeah, looking up yurts. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so we want to look at what went, what went wrong. I had a certain amount of self-control, um, it, but I tried to expend more than I had, and then I stopped having it. That, you know, or I went to a place that was more tempting than I thought it would be, or I hung out with a friend that was a worse influence and, and was a more right. high, high suggestion person than I thought they were. What are, there's a lesson. There's a thing. There's a mechanism that led to us doing this thing. I was on my computer alone in my dorm room instead of on my laptop out in the common area where everyone can see, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's a thing. Once we have a sense of at least one thing that went wrong, we can change our strategy to reflect that and make an improvement. As If you can dig it, you should actually be doing that with all kinds of stuff in your life that isn't technically sinful. Every single, single Sunday, we sit down and look at our bridge service, and we say, mm-hmm. what went wrong? Right. Plenty, it turns out. Turns out a lot. We've been yeah. doing this like 14 years, and every week the answer is a lot went wrong. Right. And it's not an issue of who sinned, right. who gave right. into temptation, right. foul, foul temptation. Right. 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 But what went wrong, and what do we do differently next week so it goes mm-hmm. better? Mm-hmm. We tweak that service every week. Well, it's, you're absolutely right. I think there's also an interesting thing we can uh, pick from that conversation, which we do have on a weekly basis, which is sometimes it is that... Uh, what happened on Tuesday was baked a disaster yeah. for any number of reasons. Not that anybody did anything wrong, but yeah. just cast it, it was a bad service. We didn't pull off exactly what we wanted to. How do, how do we make that better? Or it can be it, the conversation Clint can start off with, I thought we had a great week. Yep. What went wrong and how do we make it better? It's not yep. looking for ways to refine. It's not a judgment necessarily. That's right. a really good insight. That's a really good insight. That's, that's the thing is if we'll get away from guilt and shame and fear, which all come from the devil, none of those come from the Lord. Those are, those are the devil's tools, guilt, shame, and fear. If we step away from those and say, everything can be improved. You know, right. maybe I didn't give in to temptation on this thing, but it also dang near killed me not to. Right. I, I mean, I pulled it, you know, at the end I was out of there and I, you know, I did what I needed to do, but did I, did it end up being way more stressful and way more strained than it yeah. needed to be? And is that sustainable? Is that sustainable? Can we do a thing where next time it's, it's way easier mm-hmm. to get the same outcome? That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what all of us need to be doing mm-hmm. is a constant right. sense of looking at it and figuring out how do we do it a little bit better? Yeah. Sometimes it went good and we want to celebrate it. Now, how do we do it better? Sometimes it went bad and we kind of mourn that. Now, how do we do it better? But if you will commit to not give in to shame, to not give in to guilt, to not give in to fear, but to look at it and then figure out how do we refine it to get it better, there's no limit to where we can get on this thing. That's a really great place to take that. And Lee, I'd love to get you to pick us up there of one of the things that it ha- this will need to inherently involve hopefully, is prayer. And if you're going to ask, how do we do this better? If you, yeah. if you believe in an omnipotent being who's on your side, you should probably get that involved in some way. But how do we do, how do we look at that, if you've never really done this before, of a prayer of kind of how do I do this better next time and strategy, as opposed to the prayer of, oh God, I am a worm, please do not squash me, or please deliver me from this temptation. We're praying for good strategy. What, do we, what does that right. actually look like? Well, first of all, um, if, if, if you talk to somebody about a sin that they, you know, a particular sin that they're kind of caught into a cycle on and they, they want to break out of it, they want to make a change, if you, if you start to talk about how does that happen, then, okay, and then you start asking these questions, okay, then what happened? And then I tell you the next thing, okay, then what happened? 
okay, well, the next thing happened. Okay, then what happened? Okay, then I, you know, then I fully gave in on the thing or whatever. Okay, then what happened? It's like, well, what do you mean? Well, my guess is you, when was the next time that you remember, you know, praying or whatever? It was like, well, I, I didn't want to pray right after that happened because, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a dirty little sinner. So mm. Jesus doesn't want to talk to me in that moment. I don't want to talk to him. He doesn't want to talk to me. We basically pretend that we don't have a relationship in that moment because it's super awkward. And, you know, I, I'm afraid to talk to him. I'm afraid that I'm in trouble, the whole thing. And what happens is, is that people go into this cycle where they became overwhelmed by a scenario. They gave in to a particular sin after feeling tempted to do it. Then they were so embarrassed um, and ashamed that they didn't want to go talk to Jesus. And now we don't have, we didn't learn anything, as Joe was saying. We don't have any strategies or anything like that for how to do this differently next time. So I go back into that overwhelming feeling. You know, it would feel awesome go right back into that same cycle again. So I think where this starts is just um, what, what I'll often tell, you know, what I'll often tell folks is, okay, the next time you do that, and they're like, wait a minute, I thought we were, goal is to help me stop. And I'm like, oh, no, no, cupcake, you're going to do it again. Let's <laughs> go ahead and prepare for that. The next time you do it, let's go straight to Jesus. And they're like, I can't even imagine that. Okay, I know, but like, go straight there. And you need to say to him out loud, I believe you love me. Mm-hmm. Just start there. I believe mm-hmm. you love me. I believe I'm yours. Now, I have a question. Why did that happen? And then talk about it. Listen, wait, make suggestions, see how those lay out. Why did that happen? Will you help me understand myself? I want to start with, I do believe I'm accepted. I do believe you love me. I do believe I don't have to be afraid or embarrassed or ashamed of myself. Now, can we talk about what happened back there? And can we talk about what went wrong? I mean, if you will go in there, then things will occur to you. As Jed's saying, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have stayed there till one thirty. Look, guys, nothing good happens after 1045 when you're with your yeah. girlfriend in the dorm room. Nothing good happens after that. T- that is not wise. Okay. But like, but you can't see that when you're in the moment of it. It's when you are at a moment of peace with the Lord and you are sent, even if you don't feel it, I believe you love me. I believe you don't want me to feel ashamed of myself. I believe my sin is separated from me as far as the East is from the West. Even if I don't feel that, I believe it. Now, can we talk about what happened back there? And will you bring some stuff into my brain and help me to understand who I am and what happened? That is all really, really good stuff. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to take us out on this. I think one of the things that we may need to look at in a a larger sense here, uh, to take it back to that bridge conversation, one of the reasons I think we can, as a staff, and this all comes from your leadership, can have that kind of compartmentalization is next Tuesday is upon us. Mm -hmm. It is bearing down on us. We actually don't have that much time to either wallow or lionize last week because holy crap, is there another bus coming on this? Mm -hmm. So, But life is like that. And how do we get comfortable with the idea of a constant tweaking process as opposed to this kind of level jumping until we get to maximum holiness? Well, it's, it's it's a fascinating question, really, because it's amazing how resistant we are to change, yeah. even when we're failing, even when the <laughs> yeah. thing that we're doing is is messing up. 
we will defend sort of our lifestyle, our, our habits, our choices, even when they're bringing us to, to ruin. Because we, it's not because we're just inherently evil. I mean, we, we sort of are. But, you know, it's because there's a resistance to change, a really intense uh, resistance to, to changing our pe- the people we hang out with, the places we go, the things that we involve ourselves with. So there's this, uh, this sense of step one being I have to embrace the change. The same, right. If I do the same things, I'm going to have the same outcome. And as Jed's pointing out, as you're pointing out, uh, I'm going to make a certain number of changes that won't quite work. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at least talking about strategy, some of the strategies that I apply may only sort of work. Sure. Take us from total disaster to partial disaster. That, and that's progress. That's sure. good. Technical improvement. That's right. And you, you, you can see, well, I saw what part worked and I saw what part didn't work. Yeah. So now I know what to do next, even though this only partly succeeded. You know, so there suddenly you get a whole lot of hope in that process. It's not about your repairing your ego from having made a mistake and saying I am now over it and I will never do this again and what have you. Uh, as we've said through the whole program, humility is the way. Second thing, grab some acceptance. Mm-hmm. Would you please? Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that are under your control. There are things that aren't under your control. Uh, we have to know what those things are and have some acceptance of that. There are th- there are uh, desires that you have within you. You need to accept that's who you are. That's what you want. That's what your biology tells you to do. We need to accept the truth of that, accept the reality of that, accept your imperfection, accept that you make mistakes. That's part of your life. Uh, right. And that you can recover from that. You know, getting away. I, Christians can sometimes really suck at acceptance, mm-hmm. just accepting life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. And that's super essential. Uh, l- last thing, and, and we've been saying this throughout, but it, it bears repeating. You have to live in the truth. Very quick story. Um, I had a buddy of mine who, um, his father, we have several in the Chicago area, we have several. Uh, race tracks in the in in the area that that do, do horse racing, and a a, a buddy of mine, uh, his his dad trained horses on the track, you know, and his brother uh, uh was a jockey, you know. Yes. If you're picturing a very uh, august and fancy Kentucky Derby t- type experience, picture something else. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm in the bowels of the track underneath where they have the horses and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and the jockeys are there and it's a whole thing. I don't know how I get in on these adventures, but it's, you know, and like one of the guys, one of the, one of the guys was saved. So he wanted to talk to me about it. It was a whole wild situation. Uh, but I'm talking to uh, my buddy's brother and, uh, you know, great guy, but this was a guy who was not ready for making changes. And but but I I felt like I planted a seed. We had a good conversation. Uh, well, I'm in 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 a certain church that was sort of where his family was, and sure enough, the brother comes walking in uh, on Sunday to that church service and kind of shocked us all. And uh, I said, "Well, uh, buddy, what brings you here on on a Sunday morning?" And he said, "I'm a cocaine addict and a degenerate gambler." <laughs> I said. I think that's a 
serious problem for your chosen profession, my man. <laughs> and he said, you're, you're, you're not wrong about that on any level. And I said, well, that's, yeah. But it was the honesty yeah. of that right. moment that you said, this might be a long journey and it may be a messy one and it may be a lot of ups and downs, but this guy is on his way. And with this attitude, he's bound to succeed. Yeah. Because he knows the nature of the challenge he's fighting. If you don't know what it is about you, if you're not willing to admit it, if you're not willing to see this problem for what it is, you got no hope. But if you do know what this is, you're not beating up on yourself. He wasn't saying it to beat up on himself. Yeah. He was stating a fact. This yeah. is what this is where I'm at. And I need to get into recovery from this, but I'm always going to feel tempted towards it because it's a it's a coping mechanism that I've set up in my life. Uh, being able to be honest about that with each other as Christians is super essential. That's really fantastic stuff. I hope you've learned a lot of, uh, you've really gotten a lot of meat to chew on in this episode. Um, I'll, I'll close out with one quick story I shared in the, in the blog post, and I think it really kind of shows you the angle that we're all coming from, the four of us here in the show. Um, we, as you might guess, the bridge, we have a lot of topics are the topics we preach on. If you get bridge box, you know, this are submitted by the men and women in the audience. So a lot of them have a lot to do with temptation because you're dealing with recovering addicts or people who had a, a lot of, have given into a lot of different kinds of temptation in the world. And, um, Glenn, I think, I think he stole this from another pastor as, as Glenn's want sometimes, uh-huh. but he, he got up in front and said, uh, you know, I often think about how, if I been presented with the kind of circumstances that everybody else in this room has. I'd have done all the exact same stuff you yeah. guys did. That just makes sense. And you'd have thought a bomb went off in this room. Cause yeah. to, for a man of God to stand in front of people in church and say, oh, yeah, I think about bad stuff all the time. Right. And I would do it if given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, so right. I don't give myself the opportunity. That's right. <laughs> so when we, when we talk about temptation, as you probably uh, surmise by now, we, we are not coming from a place of uh, having less of it than the average person. If anything, um, to be honest, there as we talked we talked about this on the show before, uh, the four people you're hearing uh, definitely suck at getting rest and taking mm-hmm. days off and not working. Mm-hmm. And we're running a little low on gas in general a lot of the time. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of temptation to do yep. a lot of busted stuff. Mm-hmm. Then that is how we have learned to have this uh, knowledge to pass on to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But also that means, it. yes, yeah. and to, to go back to it, to do a thing I'm deeply uncomfortable with, which is folding our emergency segment into the actual advice part of the show. We don't judge. That's right. Even there. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. If I could give you one note for that I've learned from my life about temptation, it, it ties in exactly what these guys have been saying. Uh, just it it's no big deal that's right you there's a massive infrastructure of high speed data communication that will shoot images in 1080p of naked people yeah. doing stuff to your laptop and you have occasionally looked at that yeah. and uh played as glenn would put it a certain amount of closet frisbee so there are two. There are two kind of avenues before us here. One is to say, "I the darkness that dwells within me, and who can even imagine?" And I so, and uh, you're you're never going to get past anything that way. Yeah. The other is to go. Well, that was not particularly satisfying. Made sense though, but yeah, you know, in the cold in the cold light of day, that was I should probably there was no joy to be found in that. I should probably do something else. Yeah. And if you can a certain amount of minimization will really help you deal with temptation because then you can realize that it's a little goofy. 
Yeah. And when you can laugh at a lot of that stuff, laugh at yourself, yeah. then you're going to get where you're going very quickly. And if this bunch of degenerates can do it, so can you. Yeah, it's got choices for you. Absolutely. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take you out with a song from this month's Bridge Box. This is a song by one Mr. Lee Younger called hey. I Have You. A great team. We're going to take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, wisdom and wrestling commentary. Where else are you going to find that? <laughs> I'm tired of being worn out and up. We're running cause we gotta make those gains And trying to be like everybody else When you say you love me for myself Well I can rest in the truth That I have nothing to lose And there's nothing And there's nothing left to prove